and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a thing. This is awesomely awful 80s in August. Movies that people think are awesome but may indeed be awful. Tonight, I'm looking at the little-known black comedy horror, Basket Case, from 1982. For this podcast, I cracked open the Blu-ray set I bought of this years ago, stuck on behind the scenes, and was shocked on the director, Frank Helen Lauter. Didn't care for this movie at all. It was just a gig, a way in the door, a riff. And boy, does it feel that this this movie feels like it was made up on the spot, which it was, with no real care and no real direction. I found out, also on the behind the scenes, that the director would film a month at a time, costing upwards of $8,000, then would, would stop, scrimp and save to try to sell the idea to an investor or a studio, and then would film more, costing as upwards of $8,000. So that's took two years to film my god by the way this film has no permits it's guerrilla filmmaking at its best maybe this is why it feels so disjointed anyway let's see what's in the basket with its between 35 and 350 thousand dollar budget this pulled in unknown part reason for this was because the studio wanted a bloodless horror so cut out all the blood and gore and it flopped hard until one night in Texas, Joe Bob Briggs wanted to air this uncut, which he did, and it went down gangbuster style. So the studio re-released this thing as an uncut version, and we now have this <coughs> cult classic. So, starring Kevin Von uh, Hen- Hentenrick, I think I pronounced his name, Terry Susan Smith, and Beverly Bonner, directed by Frank Helen Lauter. I guess his name also, who cares. The plot, a young man carries a large basket out of him everywhere he goes. Inside is his deepest, darkest secret, a vengeful, mutated Siamese twin. This thing wants revenge from separating, for separating the two by the numerous doctors. While in New York for a weekend, the young man falls for a woman. However, the twin just wants revenge. Remember, never look. In the basket. So the movie opens up on a large house. And note the owners of the house were pleased at having their home featured in a movie until they found out it was a cheap slasher and they were not pleased. A man is seen exiting the house as outside he is stalked by something. So he runs inside to call the cops and here we find out he is Dr. Liflander, played by Bill Freeman. He panics when he hears something outside trying to get in and then the phone line goes dead. He locks all the windows and doors and then suddenly the lights are cut. So he goes for a small handgun and fires wildly, missing every single shot. Seconds later, he's killed by an unseen monster. It grabs his face, slashing up and ripping off both his lips. In one slash takes off both lips and rips his face apart. Okay then. Then he is pulled by the jaw off screen to be killed. And note, every time you see the creature's hand, it's either the director or the director's daughter. Cut to Times Square, circa the early 1980s. Walking past 
all the live sex shows and sex shop carrying a large wicker basket is our hero, Dwayne, played by Kevin Von Heitenrich. I think I pronounced his name. Star of all three Basket Case movies. Uh, he also did a quick cameo and equally insane brain damage. Watch that movie right now. Stop this podcast and find this movie. It is, oh my god, off the wall insane. He continues past a street hustler who tries to sell him everything from wheat to cocaine to girls. And apparently this guy was a real, I don't know, pimp and hated the fact he was on film and almost beat up the fucking crew to get the, the footage back. But moving on. Harry, he finds a hotel, the Hotel, hotel Broslin, so checks in. And note, this sign is hung outside of Kevin Von Heidenreich's tri- uh, Tribeca loft. Also note, the money Dwayne pulls out to pay for the room was the movie's budget at the time of shooting, $8,000. Inside, he finds sleazy hotel owner, played by Robert Vogel, who charges him 20 bucks a night. God, how cheap is this place? And note, this hotel is a real hotel. However, they couldn't get permission to film, so they made the elevator look like a manager's office and ran out as soon as they got the shots. Kidding. That's why that office is such a weird size and it's got weird bits and pieces on it. <clears throat> anyway, I love all the drunks hanging around outside the hotel. They all take the piss out of Dwayne, saying he's all alone in a big bad city and he's smuggling booze in to help them throw a party. The fuck? Up he goes to his flea of a room, meeting a nutty woman on the staircase who tells him the story of the previous person that occupied room number seven. His room. She was a mad older woman who said she was rich and ran away from her rich family. Then she just walks away mid-sentence. Okay. And note, the hallways of the Hotel Broslin aren't real. They are fabric and cardboard. Every time the door slams shut, you can see a fucking thing's wobbling. Anyway, so he goes to his room, up to see his room there. Uh, he sees his neighbour, Casey, played by Bevoy Bonner who has appeared in every one of the director's movies. She takes her John into her room with her, as you do. In other room, his room rather, which looks like the only thing keeping up the place is the grime, the lead paint and a fucking asbestos, he places the wicker basket on the bed and leaves to find something to eat. Later he returns with food and paperwork. Where he gets paperwork from, who cares and who knows. He opens up the basket and feeds the thing inside a burger. And these are... Foil wrapped burger, so you know these things are fucking disgusting. He feeds it about 12. He then looks at the paper and then looks in the yellow pages to find another doctor to kill. Later that night, Dwayne is awakened by the thing who tells him off for waking up at 3 30 a.m. He then begs her to shut that fuck up and give him some sleep, arguing with him telepathically. Next morning, stop footage shots of Manhattan circa 1980s at the hotel. One of the bums from earlier tries to sneak into Dwayne's room, but Casey chases him off for being a pervert, who then rants and raves about how shitty the hotel is and how shitty her life is. Why the fuck is he there then? She knocks on the door to introduce herself to Dwayne, then warns him not to keep money in his room. And this dialogue is fucking porn level dialogue. Everybody is wooden as fuck. And it's all walk and talk dialogue, which drives me fucking insane. Anyway, once she's gone, Dwayne locks the basket and then takes it with him to hunt down victim number two. Up he goes in what was like a housing apartment to hunt down Dr. Needleman, played by Lloyd Pace. 
here Dwayne sees the doctor's receptionist Sharon, played by Teddy Susan Smith, and boom, he's in love. And note, she's wearing a wig, as at the time she was in a punk rock group called the Tattooed of Vegetables, and shaved her hair bald, or head rather bald. That's why her hair looks as plastic as her fucking acting. More porn level acting here, as she explains how her typewriter, yes folks before PCs and laptops, we had everything typed on typewriters. Is it working properly? And I don't know what's worse here, her acting, her fucking wig. And by the way, she thinks he's a repairman because he's carrying a basket around with him, as you do. Anyway, she realises he's a wannabe patient, so hands on paperwork within minutes he's then seen. Because that's how that one works, you know, I mean, guys walks up the street, here, have some paperwork, now you're seen by the doctor. Hmm. As he's filling in the paperwork, she hits on him and then asks him, wants to go see some sights. Okay. Anyway, Dwayne is taken to see Dr. Needleman, who is sitting in the corner of the most disgusting office I have ever seen. Think saw's toilet and worse. I love how you can hear dentist drills in the background that every single scene this thing is shot in. So this is a multi-purpose doctor's office then. Okay. So Dwayne undresses for his checkup, and here we see the huge cheese grater-like scar all down his right side. Shouldn't the um, good doctor have recognised Dwayne after all I highly doubt he forget him or what he did to him several years earlier? With that, Dwayne walks out and is quickly hit on by Susan, but he says no, uh, hello love, uh, uh, sorry, hello there mate, she knows your real name and what you look like, she's a witness, kill her. He then puts down the basket and goes over to her to ask for her home address and tell the number, because reasons? Anyway, moving on, not only that, but the doctor is still alive, what the fuck, unnerved, the um, a good doctor calls the doctor from the start of the movie too late mate he's dead so panic then sets in as Dwayne is in a simmer watching some kung fu flick he falls asleep so a junkie steals a basket and runs off to toilets where he's scared and indeed scarred by the thing inside the basket once he kicks it open like I says this thing is disjointed anyway that night Dwayne returns to the good doctor's office to kill him in his office Dr Needleman calls another doctor Dr Cutter played by Diane Brown for help in contacting Dr. Lifflander. Too bad she's <coughs> Miss Robinson, some younger guy, and uh, she is not interested. So Dwayne seeks up the back staircase to Dr. Needleman's office, waits for Susan to leave, and then takes on the sleazy doctor. Dwayne lets the creature out to kill the <coughs> good doctor, which he does by luring him into the examination room. And here we get a good long look at this cheap rubber face mask blob with arms and it's somehow stuck to the wall. What the fuck? And god this thing looks like shit. Oh, and it's Kevin Van uh, Hellenter's face because twins. This thing looks like Slimer's pissed off cousin that ripped your face off as soon as look at you. Anyway, it rips off the doctor's face and then pulls his guts out as the blood splats everywhere. He dies in absolute pain and horror. With the body ripped in two, the thing jumps out the window 
window to the waiting Dwayne down below. The thing hands over the Doctor's file of facts, which is basically a car index. So Dwayne puts it in a basket and runs off. Next day at the hotel, Dwayne leaves the thing alone and goes on his date. But not before feeding the thing 12 uh, Brockhurst sausages, which is all quickly eaten in a matter of seconds. He then gets a TV and just walks in and leaves it. Okay then. Cue a date montage. And note, none of this stuff was filmed with permits as it's earlier. So they had to get the footage and run. Yet more painful dialogue as the two hit on each other. And I can almost hear the poor music playing. The music. Meanwhile, the creature freaks the fuck out back in hotel room. Causing so much of a fuss, everyone in the dump checks it out. Now, bearing in mind this is shown earlier, these two have a psychic link. Therefore, shouldn't Dwayne have known the creature would act out as Dwayne is kissing this Susan chick? But, mm. And also, it isn't until much later in the day that Dwayne feels the thing's anger, so... Kieran. Anyway, cut to stop-motion footage of the creature trashing the room. And note, this took weeks to film and director hated the footage so much he threw it across the editing room and left it sitting in a corner for two months. Finally, five minutes of this thing trashing the hotel room. The manager checks it out and finds the room is trashed but otherwise completely empty. The bold drunk from earlier, his name is O'Donovan for some reason, played by Joe Clark sees money is lying on the floor, so once the hotel manager clears the hall, he sneaks back into the room only to be killed by the thing. After he looks in the basket, it bites his face off. Okay. Dwayne, halfway across town, feels this one and freaks the fuck out himself, so he runs back to stop it. Why not feel it earlier, but moving on. To late here, they're slick, as the creature has stuck back into the room. Dwayne comes running up the stairs, overacting his little head off as he does. He tells Susan to leave, he will kill you, blah 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 blah. Dwayne runs past the cops but is stopped by an unnamed detective and questioned as to where the fuck he was. They he then elicits up into the hotel room which is now clean and tidy. The fuck? Anywho, the cop looks in the basket and it's empty so continues to quiz Dwayne as to where the hell he was that afternoon. Wait, no, hold on a second here. The hotel room is still trashed, even though the detective's partner walks across the room and it is spotlessly clean. That is what you call bad editing. Also, that's what happens when you film two scenes two fucking months apart. Oh, dear God. Dwayne is puzzled and panicked as to where the creature is. It's hiding in the toilet, so the now pissed off creature quizzes Dwayne as to where he was. It then gets jealous at Dwayne and tells him off for leaving him for all that length of time. Here, he then takes out the soaking wet puppet and cuddles it. Kieran. That night at a basement bar, Casey picks up a now drunk Dwayne. And here he tells her everything about his past in a drunken stupor. Casey looks in horror as he explains what's in the basket. How it has deformed Siamese twin, which was removed when he was a teenager. And cue flashbacks to 1962 as Dwayne's father casts out his deformed sons, quickly to be trained by his aunt, played by Ruth Newman. Flash forward to 1974, with the now 12-year-old Dwayne, he is getting checked on by a social worker, but then the aunt 
says to her, you're not taking him away because he's just a person with deformities. Karen. And here we meet Teen Dwayne, played by Sean McCabe, with the thing still attached to his right side. This freaks out the social worker. So as the aunt is away for a weekend, his dad forces the two to be separated, forcing doctors Lifflander, Needleman and Cutter to operate on his son. Quickly, Dwayne is forced into a dining room and knocked out so the creature can be removed. And note, that is chicken livers, pig's entrails and hamburger meat used to show the creature's underbelly. And indeed, it stunk out the set. Now apart, Dwayne is contacted by the creature and finds out his name is Belial. Out in the woods, he finds him in a trash bag. Okay. That night... Dwayne nails shut his father's bedroom and locks Belial inside, so he kills him. No, wait. Dwayne is in the basement building a basket for Belial. Wait, no, it's not either. It's a saw-level trap. What the fuck? It's a wheelbarrow filled with everything sharp, plus a buzzsaw is placed inside the wheelbarrow on a ramp, which activated it cuts the father clean in two. What in the actual fuck? Like I say, it's a disjointed piece of crap. Later, the aunt goes up to the attic to see if Dwayne and Belial are okay. And then she hugs him. What the fuck? She then reads, him a, reads them a passage from The Tempest as Belial falls asleep in her arms. Who wrote this shit? Flash forward to a now 20-year-old Dwayne at her funeral. Now back in New York, Casey struggles to deal with a drunken Dwayne, trying to get him up the stairs to head to his bed to sleep it off. She puts him in a bed and looks in a basket, but it's empty, so she returns to her room. She shuts off to go to bed, and once inside the bed, Belial fills her up. She freaks the fuck out and screams bloody murder. Once the hotel manager goes up to check out the room, Belial is gone. Belial is in the basket, sniffing her panties. What the fuck? Next morning, a now hungover Dwayne wakes up. He then hunts down Dr. Cutter. Wait, she's a veterinarian? Okay. Anyway, in he goes, and this is the most iconic scene from this fucking thing. It's Cutter's death. She has a face full of scissors and scalpels. And god damn it, the acting is beyond awful here. And she dies screaming cross-eyed with Boyle's hand in her mouth. No one helps her, even though everyone can fucking hear her from a 25-foot fucking radius. Finally, twin nurses hear her scream, so check it out, finding Cutter with a face full of knives and other sharp objects. Returning home, Dwayne sees Susan, who tells him the good doctor's death from much earlier. She then hits on him and tells him she can't be alone, she must have sex. As you do. And by the way, this is all over a four-day period. It feels like it's been fucking three weeks. Anyway, up they go to his room. The two start to make out and strip. Belial pops out of the basket and screams as Dwayne holds down Susan. What in the actual fuck? Please tell me this is a nightmare or not actually happening. Dwayne then ups in a blanket and then throws out the room as he takes on Belial. What the fuck? Who wrote this shit? He then just falls to his knees and cries at the heavens, why, as Susan then runs off. That night, while Dwayne is asleep, Belial sneaks out of the basket and tries to kill Dwayne. But instead of that, he puts him in a deep psychic sleep, 
with glowing red eyes. Sure, why not? I mean, ugh. And I am not making this thing up, by the way. This is just fucking uh, word salad jumbo. If they had just thrown it at the wall, things stick. Anyway, he uses Dwayne's memories to hunt down Susan. Even though Dwayne's about to be in her apartment, but moving on. While this is happening, Dwayne is dreaming of running down the street, but naked. Because reasons? And note, this was shot in February with minus three temperature. The crew had to clean up the streets, remove all the glass needles and trash, and have cars parked up one side of the road to try to block out the fact he's actually naked running the street. Again, no permissions. Anyway, like I say, she's running up down the street but naked. Meanwhile, Belial has hunted down Susan, stuck into her house, and is raping her? What the fuck? Wait, we get a POV shot. It's Dwayne's hands, not Belial's. So, what the fuck is going on? Is anyone's... Uh, I have no idea what's going on here. Like I said, Dwayne's hands fill up the sleeping Susan. He then climbs on top of her and the two have sex. What the actual fuck am I watching? Dwayne then wakes up, finding Belial is gone. He freaks the fuck out and hunts him down. Back to Susan, who wakes up screaming with Belial raping her in a pool of her own blood. With that, he chokes her to death. Dwayne then runs on to find his wannabe girlfriend is dead. He forces Bio into the basket and runs for it. Screaming all the way back to the hotel, he bashes the basket off everything and everything he can get his hands on. He then runs, shouting into the hotel, where he screams and shouts at Belial. So the manager opens the door, uh, he run, in runs Casey. She screams when she sees Belial, who attacks Dwayne by grabbing his balls and lifting him clean off the floor. Belial then throws both of them out the window. Belial hangs onto the hotel sign while choking Dwayne to death as the two fall to their deaths because, eh, next morning it's reported on the news as a murder-suicide. As finally, credits mercifully roll. So that was Basket Case A. Cheap, nasty, flavour of the of your pants, sleaze fest of a horror. Unpleasant to watch with way too many what the fuck moments. This puppet looks cheap. The story is not there. It's fucking made up on the spot crap. The acting is beyond porn level and the blood is gore is there. So if that, that's so interesting. There's that, I suppose. But this is pretty hollow and pretty nothing. I'm going to give something a very, very generous 2 out of 10. It may be a cult midnight movie, but for the rape scene alone, it loses fucking three points. I mean, I was going to give this thing a five or six out of ten, but nope, that rape scene killed it. Still, if you've never heard of this before, I would give it a miss. You're not missing much, to be honest. And if you have seen this before, you know what you're in for, so go for it, I guess. I mean, this is, what, 90 minutes and it feels like two hours? It's fucking terrible. Anyway, come back next week as I wrap up the month with Flash Gordon. Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. And email me move suggestions to Here's at gmail.com. Check out my other franchise podcasts of House, Hellraiser, Piranha, Jaws and more. Also my sole podcast of Blade, Army of Darkness, The Thing, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and many, many more. Eh, bye and remember, I watch these bad movies so I don't have to. Now, what's in the box? Wrong movie, John.